When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Raven. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the WrestleTalk Podcast. I am Chopper Pete Quinnell, and today I'm do- I'm <clears throat> Today I'm joined. There's <laughs> no editing on this now. Uh, hello, I'm joined by my <laughs> intangible co-host, Tempest the Wrestler. There we go. I'm, I'm, temp- I'm Tempest, the, 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 the Tempest the Wrestler. It's, it's been a day, man. It's been a day. This yeah. is what happens when I appear on Wrestling Daily last night. I have to stay up until 9 p.m. to be on camera. God, that's like past my bedtime. It's not quite, but it's pretty close because I normally start my working day at 7 a.m. So I normally go to bed at like half nine to 10 o'clock. Man, I couldn't get to sleep until like half 10 or 11 yesterday. That's insane. That's crazy talk. So I'm I'm a bit sleepy today. You know, being, being on show, camera. Uh, she call the show it's, Wrestling it's... Nightly. That's very funny, Tempest. That's great. Gotcha. Anyway, uh, it was a good show. We, we we literally, if you guys haven't seen it, by the way, on over on the Wrestling Data YouTube channel, me and Alex just dissected Louis' hot takes. It was great. Oh, uh, God. Good, good, good money, Louis Dangle. We just got a list of his best hot takes, and then we just dissected him. It was good fun. That's not. That was the very, very end of the stream, I should point out. We didn't just spend an hour talking about Louis. I don't want to inflate his ego that much. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a very fun show. I thoroughly enjoyed my time, but I am a bit tired today. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Did, uh, did, did his take of Randy Orton being a better promo than John Moxley come up? No, it didn't. And also what? Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget because it, I think it was, it was early this year. It was right after the Observer Awards came out. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, everybody kind of takes a show and just goes through the Observer Awards and be like, oh, this person won this award. Yeah, all right. I see it. Or no, I don't mm-hmm. really agree, but whatever. And they get to the best promo award. And it was like, I think uh, I think Eddie Kingston was number mm-hmm. one. And then I think John Moxley was two. MJF was three. And then like Jericho, Cody, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Louie was like, 
I mean, yeah, sure, Eddie Kingston, but John Moxley, I, he's not even a very good promo. Like, I'd have Randy Orton above him, and Alex was like, what? <laughs> Randy Orton? And that was the one time that Alex messaged me on Twitter. It was like, you got to watch today's daily. You'll never, believe, you'll never believe what louis said and i watched it and was like what well that's, that's louis insane. for you that's insane i see the thing is i don't think he's completely right i wouldn't have moxley at two i think he's a fantastic promo but i would have i would have mgf above him for starters that's fair and i hmm I feel i can't i can't think of them off the top of my head but there's a couple of people that i probably would put higher the moxie but he would be probably top five like he's he's definitely not a bad promo put it that way Ooh. he's not a guy you look at and go oh he's not that great on the on the stick you know he's bloody fantastic yeah oh man. yeah that's, i mean well he's wild yeah, yeah he won wrestler of the year last year and i think just being world champion for like basically an entire year just gets you extra votes in mm. that case you know yeah. just being in the prominent position will uh will boost where you go in the standings but but yeah no i agree i think uh, mjf will probably have this award named after him by the time he retires <laughs> um well anyway let's get into talking about smackdown and let's stop talking about louis let's stop inflating his ego even more because to be honest i doubt he probably listens to the show but if he is listening we don't always talk about you louis i promise um yeah, let's talk about the show. Uh, where the first thing we're going to be talking about is this kind of surprise ending angle of the show where Finn Balor came out to challenge Roman Reigns, which kind of came out of left field. It's a good thing, I think. Let's talk about it. We had earlier in the night uh, Finn Balor came back last week, and earlier in the night on this show, he faced Sami Zayn in a, in a match. And he kind of just had a match. It was all right. I thought it was pretty decent. Mm -hmm. A de decent little match together. Uh, aside from Michael Cole calling it a Michinoku driver, which I will never forgive him for. Uh, it's a blue thunderbolt, Michael Cole. And then he tried to cover it by saying it's a combination Michinoku driver, blue thunderbomb. So, nope. Nope. Just a blue thunderbomb, buddy. Just but, been... Commentating wrestling for 25 years, and you still don't know what a freaking powerbomb is. Anywho, uh, Finn Balor just won. It was in a few minutes. It was, a, it was a good little match back and forth. I was like, okay, at least he's not losing yet. But that's about it. That, that it was, I still had the same level of, you know, my the return from last week, I figured it was like, okay, Finn Balor is just going to be like uh, at the level he was on the main roster before kind of undercarder he's probably just going to lose to a lot of bigger guys might get the odd win here and there against more undercard guys but like not a big deal right and that match to me kind of painted that picture so then we get to the main event segment where we'll talk about it in more detail in combination with the uh um the opening segment with cena as well later on but essentially roman reigns was cutting a promo answering the challenge to john cena that was laid out at the start of the show and reigns cut a promo again, which we'll talk about later, says no to Cena. And then Finn Balor comes out from out of nowhere, stealing Randy Orton's gimmick, from out of nowhere, comes out and says, well, if you're not interested in Cena's challenge, then maybe you'll be interested in mine. I was like, what the word? That's wild. And then uh, after Reigns kind of like laughs it off a little bit, Heyman's talking in his ear, 
being like, oh, maybe you should do this, maybe you should do that. The crowd start very organically. And I thought this this chant caught on and it was very good. It added to the segment of the crowd started chanting Roman scared to that in response. And Roman kind of like looked annoyed and turned around the crowd like, what? I'm not scared. What do you mean? And it was almost like the crowd kind of influenced the decision for Roman, even though obviously that's not the case because the decision was already made. But it, it, it just added to the segment, I felt. And Roman came back and he was like, challenge accepted. And then it went off the sh- off air. I was like, this was not the direction I thought they were going to go in. You know, I thought it was no. pretty, obviously it was locked in. There is going to be Cena versus Reigns at SummerSlam. I assuming that's still the plan. But, and they're going to have Balor versus Reigns on a SmackDown before then. But yeah, it was it was very, very interesting for me that they've, they've decided to take this direction with Balor and Reigns in the lead up to SummerSlam instead. What, you, what did you make of it? So I have a bunch of mixed feelings about this. I'm happy that they're putting Finn Balor in a main event position like pretty quickly after his return, you know, because like you said, it's kind of expected that he's just been a mid-card guy for the last five years and probably would be a mid-card guy back on the main roster. So I like that he's being given a big role. We've only got a few weeks before SummerSlam. So in theory, we probably need to get through whatever we're doing here, have whatever match we're going to have here, and then also get to the Roman Reigns-John Cena match. And you can do both at the same time. Have John Cena, I don't know if he's going to wrestle before SummerSlam and like earn his title match or something like that, or if he's just going to keep talking smack to Roman Reigns and piss Roman Reigns off and, and whatever. But we still have to do that and get to SummerSlam. And time's running out. We've only got, like, I don't know, four weeks or so. So it's doable, but you got to keep it in mind. The only real problem I have with this is that I consider Balor to be someone who, at least in my mind, could, could believably beat Roman Reigns down the road. Because he hasn't faced Roman Reigns yet. He's not one of the many, many baby faces that Roman Reigns has run through during this run of his. And it seems like he's just going to get beat like next week or something. You know, like this obviously isn't the SummerSlam match. The SummerSlam match is still going to be John Cena and Roman Reigns. So just, I don't know. I feel like it would really be shooting Finn Balor's main event run in the foot. It's just like if he comes back and loses to Roman Reigns within like weeks of being back. I would have preferred if they like built this over months and had Finn Balor be the challenger for a different major pay-per-view and made you believe that, oh, maybe, maybe he can beat Roman Reigns. Because right now I don't have any belief that he can beat Roman Reigns. And that's a little disappointing. You know, he could be a very big top baby face on SmackDown, but it doesn't feel like he's going to be given the push to make the audience believe that he can be the top champion on SmackDown. But it's going to be a good match, though. I'm looking forward to that. And I like that they're doing something a little bit different, you know, throwing a bit of a curveball for the audience. So it's not just, you know, everyone getting exactly what they expected to to see for for months and months. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I I agree with the vast majority of your points there. I like that they're doing something different. This isn't the build we were expecting at all for Cena vs. Reigns at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. And I still think that there's a chance that Balor can still beat Reigns, not next week or whenever it's going to happen, but down the line, because I think that regular Balor 
is going to be facing uh, Roman Reigns next week. And maybe down the line, they might have the return of the Demon. And Demon Balor might be the thing to dethrone Roman. I don't know how I feel about that personally. I feel like that's a little bit of a weird styles clash that I don't know if I want to see mix of Roman Reigns' Tribal Chief versus the Demon Balor, but maybe it'll work. Maybe they can make it work. I'm I'm not going to rule that possibility out right now. Um, So I think... I think overall I'm happy with this decision. I think the 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 choice to do something different I think outweighs the potential negative of having Balor be a legit challenger because I don't think it rules out Balor entirely as being a challenger down the line because they still have one, a story of just redemption of Balor losing to Reigns and then just having to work on himself and be like, hey man, I thought I, thought I had this after my NXT run, but now I need to work on myself more and he just works himself back into the main event and wins the second time. Cool, that's a story they could do. Or they still have the out of the demon coming back. And that's also a way to have him be a legit challenger for Roman too. So I think currently, I think this was a really good choice. And I think it it creates a little bit more excitement for the weekly shows so that from now until SummerSlam is not a foregone conclusion that it's going to be like, Cena will do a promo. Roman will do a promo. Maybe they'll do a fight. And maybe it'll be a pull-apart brawl. And maybe, like, Cena will face Jimmy Uso. You know, it's. It, I don't think it's going to be as formulaic as that as it has been for a lot of other, uh, a lot of other feuds. So I think this was this was a good choice, and I'm excited for that match because, like you said, it's probably going to be pretty good. So, yeah. I would think so. I I can agree with a good portion of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. The demon thing has never worked for me on the main roster because. Yep. You know, in NXT, it was like, he's going to paint his face to psych out his opponents before matches. That's what it was portrayed as in NXT. And mm-hmm. then he gets to the main roster and it's like, no, he's a ghost. He's a he's a ghost yes. demon lad from hell with, with spooky magical powers and wacky garbage. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I don't really like that sort of thing in my wrestling. That being said, if it's going to be done properly on the main roster it will be done properly in a feud with Roman Reigns that is being handled by Paul Heyman. Because mm. everything else in this feud or in Roman Reigns' storyline has been done pretty well, for the most part, at least. Things are believable and things are good. So I would trust Paul Heyman to make this work. That's the only real thing that is making me confident that a Demon Finn Balor run against uh, Roman Reigns would be good and not really hokey so mm-hmm. i'll i'll reserve my judgment but hope for the best yeah yeah no i i totally agree uh with that said yeah i i, I don't think we have too much more to say about that it was just a very surprising end to the show it left me on kind of a positive note be like huh that was something i didn't see coming which is always welcome in wwe's programming because yeah. sometimes it can feel <laughs> pretty repetitive uh so yeah i i thought it was overall very very good um so let's see what you guys thought yeah, oh, sorry, like ahead. this this didn't feel like just another episode of SmackDown where everything was the mm. same as last week. It felt like we got new matches, new storylines, new directions. And it's crazy how much more refreshing that feels. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. 
Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does, they charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah, let's see what you guys thought. Let's get into your ultra chats. Make sure to get those in at russeltalk.com forward slash support. The link is on the screen right now and at the top of the description. Uh, get those in because we're going to be going through all the messages that are five bucks and up by the time the show goes off the air. Uh, Trey Boyd says, uh, was in the live crowd in Cleveland for my first WWE event. And let me tell you, that crowd was absolutely electric. I think WWE edited it, but when Balor came out to confront Reigns, we chanted, holy S. And when he laid the challenge, we had a yes chant going. Uh, yeah, I mean, the crowd seemed pretty pretty hot you know and genuinely there was a i was looking through photos going for the uh, the edited review for smackdown earlier today and i was going through the ww.com gallery of photos and they had a very cool one when finn balor was coming out they had the prince tron and it was just like a fisheye of the whole arena and you can see that like you know in the smackdowns of old they'd block out one side of people because it would be people that wouldn't be there but this was a full arena this was uh, both sides you had all the people there and it was just people going nuts for finn Balor's entrance i was like that's really cool it's nice to see people caring about it a bit more now and it also helps that they're not booking as large buildings but don't let anyone tell you that um (laughs) uh but yeah no that sounds awesome it's really cool that you're in cleveland for that that's rad good job being a good crowd person yeah trey boyd well done um one anonymous two four three says, uh, "When Balor won, Cole had a throwaway line about uh, about a big win, and I said, okay, but when's Balor going to be Universal Champion again? End of show. Balor's music hits. I'm freaking out like that guy in the office. It's happening. Everybody, stay calm. Stay effing calm. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, this is this is the Universal title shot that that Finn Balor never got after his injury. Maybe they're going to tell that story. Who knows? Well, he he got it." Oh, that's he true. Got it, he he get... got it like two years after the fact. Wasn't that which... against Roman as well? It was also against Roman. Yeah. 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 It was uh it was after SummerSlam in, in that's 2018. That's right. Yeah. Because that's right. Wasn't that when we were the authority by that point? 
Or was that just before we were that the authority? That was just before we were the authority. Right, okay. Because it seemed like a very like goodwill thing. Like, yes, yes, here's your rematch. Now shut up about it, for God's sake. Let's <laughs> just say it regrettably and begrudgingly be like, fine, we'll give Finn Balor a universal title match, for God's sake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's quite funny. Um, and as the chat is pointing out, he also got a match against Brock at the Royal Rumble a couple years ago. Well, you know what? This is why I'm not Quizlemania champion, and that's why Tempest is. Uh, the Mikey Chaos said, I think Finn should be the guy to take it off Roman. Not now, but eventually. In my opinion, the family storyline has passed its peak, and now is the perfect opportunity to cement Finn as a main eventer for when Roman eventually drops the title. Um, I don't know if the family story has passed its peak right now. I think it's certainly lacks the freshness that it had last year with the Jey Uso stuff because we hadn't seen it before. Uh, so that, that's definitely an argument for that. But I think now they're only just getting to the point where the family's fully formed. Now they've got Jimmy and Jay on side. I don't think it's time that that, that storyline has passed the speaker or anything. I still think there's a lot they can do with that dynamic. Because now we've got them together, eventually there'll be a time when they have to break up, probably. And that will be a really fun story. I would think it will be like this, but in reverse, which I think hopefully should be quite fun. Uh, so, yeah, I, I still think that the family storyline's got a long way to go yet. This is not even close to the peak of the storyline mm. yet. You wait three months for when The Rock shows up. Yeah. The, you think you're the head of the table? Mm -hmm. You, not me, The yep. Rock? Oh, my God, there's going to be so many layers to this. I'm... I'm mm -hmm. Like, obviously, I think the family thing is being put on the back burner right now because we have to focus on the John Cena match. And when there is a really big match, that is more the focus of the storyline. Like, the family mm -hmm. thing wasn't the focus going into WrestleMania when Roman was going to main event. It was the match. So, similar to here, like, we're going to build to this John Cena match. And you put the rest of the family stuff on the back burner because you don't want that to be a distraction. It's still there. They might still do a bunch of little subtle things, but the match is what's important right now. But when they're building up to a match that's like against Cesaro, maybe that doesn't have the same gravitas as some of the other ones, then you can focus on the TV on having the family dynamic be more interesting than the match itself. So wait until after SummerSlam. I think they'll do even more character work here. And my God, just probably after the whole Rock thing's done, maybe after WrestleMania next year, eventually, one day, if they do Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso once more, oh boy, the amount of levels in that match is going to be unbelievable. Oh, I can't wait. Let's get into the review of the rest of the show, which opened up with John Cena, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, he comes out and does a promo. It's it's a John Cena promo. He says he doesn't know how he, he wanted to answer questions like, how did he escape the alternate universe in the Firefly Funhouse? Good question, John. How did you? Um, and then he does a sports thing because he says he's changed his middle name to Guardians because they're in Cleveland. Sports? All, yeah, all of these... Listen, I get not liking the name. I do. But... Mm, better than the old one. Yeah, sure <laughs> is, isn't it? Sure is better than the old one, huh? Sure is. And you didn't take five years to come up with a new name like the Washington football team. Oh, my God. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. Goodness me. Anyway, guys, it's just it's just a name. Doesn't matter at the end of the day, does it? Crikey. Anyway, does a sport thing, and uh, and then he says this line really got me of him saying that me fighting Roman Reigns is a chance for everyone to stand up for what you believe in, and I was like, but how though? <laughs> what do you what do you mean by that, Cena? And he said, Are you team jorts or are you team camo pants? Are you team? John Cena, are your team Roman Reigns? Are your team hustle loyalty and respect, or whatever he said? And the other thing, and it's like you're saying things, but you're not really saying things, are you, Cena? This is why I don't think John Cena's this all-time great promo. He's got really good delivery. He's an amazing, charismatic performer who has some of the best delivery we've ever seen from a pro wrestler. But the content of his promos, it's like, what are you actually saying? Yeah. You're just saying things. Also, we I don't know if we're, we've just skipped over the, the line or if we haven't gotten there yet. I forget mm. what order things have happened in. But he comes out and he's like, SmackDown with Roman Reigns as Universal Champion has sucked. Yeah. Stop telling me that your own shows are bad. <laughs> I've had to watch this from WCW from TNA, from WWE, for like 25 years. Stop telling me that your shows are bad when I have to watch them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, no, I'm... You can I say that the champion you. sucks. You can say yes. everything negative about Roman Reigns, but stop, stop saying that the show itself is bad. Even if it is, even if the show is bad, stop saying that the show is bad. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm genuinely really happy for John Cena that he's getting a really positive babyface reaction. It's not partisan. There's not people booing him all the time. It's genuinely quite lovely. It's quite refreshing to see John Cena just getting cheered because I think at this point in his career, that's probably what he deserves. I think it's quite nice. Um, He calls out Roman Reigns, but the call is answered by Paul Heyman, who comes out and I... Paul Heyman is just a very funny man. Uh, I really enjoyed this line when he goes, ladies, gentlemen, things that live in Cleveland. It's, just, it's it's the easiest heat to get. It's local local sports team, but just local team, local attendance uh, heat. And it's great. I love it. It's dumb. Uh, and he says that uh, Reigns is going to give uh, an, a decision to Cena's challenge later on tonight. And then he does, he just kind of, mimics Cena's theme song as he walks off. He's he's great. This is a yeah. good promo. I loved it. I love Paul Heyman. I love yeah, Paul Heyman. Yeah. John Cena wasn't even the best promo in this segment. Fight me. No, no, 100%. No, he's, he wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> Paul Heyman was. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I want... Great. I can't wait for the uh, the repeat of the classic like 2017 Cena Reigns dueling promo segments. Mm-hmm. You know, because that was like some of the most intriguing promo work that John Cena's ever done because he was actually saying things that mattered. Mm. I want that again. I want just that. But with today's Roman Reigns, where he can say stuff like he said at the end of the show. Mm. Yeah. See, thing is, Roman Reigns in that promo back in 2017 against Cena was probably some of the best promo work up to that point that Roman had done. And even then, it wasn't great. It was all right but it wasn't amazing. But people were like, damn, 
Roman's improved on the mic. This is this is good. This is good stuff. And then Cena cut a promo and everyone went, oh, Jesus, he just got buried. Holy Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but now that Roman has clearly improved so drastically in terms of charisma and, and promo skills, that promo battle, I really want to see it. I think it'll be so much fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially with the promo later, the, as as mentioned. Um, we then got that Finn Balor versus Sami Zayn match. I really like the idea of Paul Heyman being uh, talking about Roman Reigns, saying Roman Reigns is going to answer later, and then you cut straight into a recap of Finn Balor returning, kind of pairing the two together before Finn Balor even comes out later on today. It was smart. I like the choice. Thinking, yeah. Mm. And then, yeah, Finn Balor had the match against Sami Zayn, which you already mentioned. Nothing much to talk about. He had a match. He won. Michael Cole is a bad commentator. Um <laughs> He he won he won with the uh, the Calp de Gracie, which I'm pretty sure is how you pronounce it. Um, yeah, no, it was actually uh, a Michinoku driver. <laughs> of course, yeah, it's Michinoku driver from the top rope. Yeah, um, a, a diving double Michinoku driver. Yeah, yeah, combination. Cheers, Cole. Uh, we then got. I don't care about it, Tempest. I know Roman Reigns is great. I know John Cena just came back. I know Finn Balor's challenging for the Universal Title. My new favorite thing is Baron Corbin. He's the best. Okay, so this the journey had... this show has gone on for like four weeks to get to this point is incredible, right? So there were two backstage segments. We'll talk about the first one now. Baron Corbin backstage just with Kata Braxton, and she comes up and said, "You set up the uh, the uh, Corbin fund last week. So how much money did you make off that?" And he said, "Well, actually, I lost money off the Corbin fund, which is such a dumb line, but it's so funny." <laughs> Hey, I had to contact people to set up the website. People hacked on it. They stole my identity. They cashed out everything that was there. I was just so dumb, but so funny. And then he kind of verges a little bit back onto the heel side of things like he was doing last week. and be like, I had to get the bus here. Have you ever been on a public bus? It smells terrible. And it's him just being like, you know, a guy that just wants his rich lifestyle back. Very funny stuff. But then it just switches right at the end of this promo. It just switches because then he just kind of drops for a second and he looks like super sincerely over at Kata Braxton and just goes, what happened to me? And I was like, oh, Corbin, I want to give you a hug, buddy. Like, oh, this is so good. This is so good. And especially because by the end of this show or after the, the second segment that Corbin is in, you understand the direction they're going and why this makes so much sense. This is, this is great. Yeah. This is great. Corbin's yeah. doing such a good job. He is. This is the best work I've ever seen Corbin do. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Absolutely crazy to think about. I oh, just so funny. Like, yeah, um, the guy that set up the website, he stole my identity. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, it's really good. Yeah, he's do- I, I understand why they can't film vignettes like this but i'd really like to see vignettes of like corbin on the bus you know yes yeah, Just yeah, stuff yeah like that and obviously they still can't really do that yet because you know pandemic and whatnot mm-hmm. it's probably mm-hmm. not a good idea to have you know camera people on buses with just regular people and and whatever but this is good this is good mm-hmm. stuff i was very skeptical 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 but and i still am because i still we know where this is going Mm-hmm. We know where this ends up. Potentially, by that Why? trademark. Potentially, but they haven't they haven't messed this up yet. So, yeah. keeping the faith about yeah. a Baron Corbin storyline. What is happening on this show? Genuinely, I tweeted out earlier, and I was just like, "Baron Corbin's my new favorite thing on SmackDown." What a timeline! 
that we're yeah. living in right now. Like, what? Crazy. Then we got something that was not very good. We got a recap of Biggie winning the Money in the Bank match. Yeah. And then he came out to do a little celebration of him winning. And literally, as he was cutting the promo, he gets a You Deserve It chant from the crowd. And I was like, cool, that's nice. And he said, oh, thank you so much. You know, it meant a lot to me to win this briefcase. I was like, okay, this is just a nice little sincere promo. And just as literally I thought in my head, thank God he's away from Apollo Crews. And then he gets interrupted by Apollo Crews. And I was like, God damn it. Okay, fine. We get one good thing on the show. And then they got to remind me, it's like, here's a bad thing. Thank you, WWE. So Apollo comes out, right? I'm going to try and wrap my head around this one because I don't think it makes sense at all. I no so, idea what this segment was about. So Apollo comes out and starts to say, hey, you might have won the briefcase, but you're not a champion. Do you know why you're not a champion? Because I beat you at WrestleMania for the IC title. And I was like, okay, I don't like the fact that they're still feuding, but at least this promo kind of sort of makes sense. All right, cool. But then Ziggler and Rude interrupt Apollo. Uh, okay. And then they come out and say, if you're talking about the Intercontinental title, you should be talking about the Dirty Dogs. And I'm like, why though? You're a tag team. What? This makes no- You're interrupting a heel as well. What? This makes no sense. And then uh, while they interrupt, Apollo still walks to the ring for some reason. And then Ziggler and Rude get interrupted by Nakamura. Well, Rick Boogs technically, but Nakamura coming out and hit, making his entrance. And when his his theme hits the stuff, they don't look around to be like, "Who's interrupting us?" They just keep walking to the ring for some reason because they know, it's like they already know he's coming out. But none of this was pre-announced. It mm, was baffling. And then they go to the ring. Nakamura comes out, does his entrance for a little bit. Then Cesaro comes out and says, "Hey, Apollo, it's going to be swing time in Cleveland." And I'm like. But Apollo came out like, he was the first. Why did you come out after Apollo? Why is the order all mixed up? Why is everyone going to the ring? And then they all got to the ring. And then they all fight a little bit. But it wasn't everyone fighting everyone. Even though Ziggler and Rude interrupted Apollo, they were still kind of on the same side because it was just the babyfaces attacking the heels. So then the babyfaces, so tall at the end, who were attacking all the heels. And then I was like, okay, so they're going to do a six-man tag match. But no, the segment just ended. And then that was it. And it was just like, what was any of this? All of it was just so bafflingly staged and presented. It was like, what? why did anyone act the way they did in this whole segment? All of it was just like, everyone just needs to get their spots in. Everyone needs to get to the place they need to get. This whole segment, by the way, took about two minutes. It was so rushed. My God. Weird. Why Why did Nakamura come out? I don't know. He didn't I even say know. anything. <laughs> I'm just gonna do my dance. I'm the king, and he walks. He walks to the ring. He he wasn't involved in any of this. He fought for a little bit. He like threw a couple punches and a kick, but like it felt like the setup for a six man tag Mm -hmm. that just didn't happen. No, so odd. Like what? And the crowd, the the chat is saying that this was the match that was airing in the building while mm-hmm. they were doing the Rolling Loud stuff. Yeah. Well, then don't show the setup on TV. <laughs> yeah. They just showed the setup for a six-man tag and then didn't show the six-man tag. <laughs> like, there, there's, there's a way to do this because I, I get that they still probably wanted to have 
Biggie's I won promo. Yeah. And also set up Cesaro to be the next challenger for Apollo. Sure. You can do just that. Mm-hmm. You can do that thing without the Dirty Dogs and uh, Nakamura coming out and just making this a nonsensical segment. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so odd. Like, it je- and I guess this is exactly what happened, but it felt like they set up a match that never aired. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. What what Who I find would so, do this? I, I, I don't understand because you totally could have had Biggie's promo. And maybe if you wanted to do this on, on the TV show, you could have Biggie's promo, Apollo interrupts him, Cesaro interrupts Apollo, and they get the feud going between Apollo and Cesaro. Then you cut to the Rolling Loud stuff, and then the live crowd sees the rest of the stuff happen. They set up the six-man tag, they do the six-man tag, and then they come back. Or you could have just had Biggie's promo. And that's it. If you didn't want the Cesaro Apollo stuff, you don't need to have it, right? Then you can just do all of that in the while the rolling out stuff is going on. And then you cut back afterwards. You didn't need any of the other really weird rushed convoluted stuff that did made this show not make sense. Like this oh, whole segment. Man. Oh man. It was like I wild. I guarantee the vast majority of fans do not listen to podcasts like this. Or do not go and read WrestleTalk.com for all your wrestling news mm-hmm. and stuff like that yeah. and have no idea what this was about. Yeah. I didn't totally. know what this was about until the chat told till, me. Until right now. Yeah, exactly. Until just now. Oh, Lord. Wild. Like you could, you could have just had, exactly like you said, Biggie comes out, cuts his promo, interrupted by Apollo, interrupted by Cesaro, and then Biggie and Cesaro fight off Apollo and Commander Aziz. That's mm-hmm. a fine segment that makes sense. And then you do that tag match next week. You build to Cesaro and Apollo at SummerSlam. Easy booking. What was this? I Who really knows, liked man. this show, you know, but this was like the one segment where I was like, what is going on here? Oh my God. Dan literally just reminded me that Otis just beat Cesaro. I totally oh, forgot yeah. that happened. Oh yeah. Now I'm mad again. And then why is Cesaro going for the IC title with... Never mind. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, then we're going to go over to uh, the Rolling Loud Festival. Our favorite Quizomania competitor, Wale, introduced the Street Profits here. The third uh, so. is The third or so. Uh, who is Angelo Dawkins versus Chad Gable. Oh, boy. They put on a couple matches for this crowd, and they did not care. At all. It was silent. <laughs> it was just piped in noise for everything. Because you could see the crowd just like that. They did like a lot of panning shots. Because it was a big crowd that was there, obviously. It's a big old festival and all that. Yeah. Massive, you know, panning shots of the crowd. And none of them were reacting to anything. A couple of times when someone won a match, you could see the odd person go, hey. And that was it. That's it. Oh, boy. This was awkward. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, like it's one thing when NXT does the download festival and mm-hmm. stuff like that, because you'd figure there's probably a bit more crossover between like heavy metal music and pro wrestling. They're mm-hmm. not like mainstream popular, so there's probably a bit more crossover there. And even still, it's NXT, so the crowd is going to be a lot smaller and it's going to be the people that are actually there that care about yeah. seeing the show. Totally, yeah. This This felt like... 
a bunch of people who are at a music festival mm-hmm. who go, oh, what's on the bill next? Oh, there's like some wrestling stuff. You wanna you wanna check that out? Yeah, we can go for five minutes. Uh, yeah, let's let's see what it's about. And then yeah. just kind of stood there after they've gotten a beer and they're just kind of yeah. like watching. But it's like going to see a musical act and you don't know any of their songs and you don't know any of the words and you're just kind of like just kind of vibing, but you're not actually invested in what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. I want to go to a music festival again, Pete. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It it felt awkward. I've seen people saying that, like, oh, this is a step in the right direction to make WWE more mainstream and stuff. And I guess, like, if you do it more often, then maybe you get past the first time awkwardness of it. Mm-hmm. But it felt like this was just kind of like the, the geeky wrestling stuff that showed up to the cool music festival and people that just want to see Wale perform and then the next actual popular musical acts and stuff like that so i don't know it's it's weird because you want to get it in front of more eyes that's kind of the point you want to attract in the casual viewers and i guess this is a way to do it it just felt very like forced it's like are you at a music festival now watch some wrestling people like well i just came here for why are they doing that i just want to listen to stuff kind of thing this is what it felt like the people got in their spots for the, the music acts that were going to be coming up next, and they didn't want to lose their spot, so they just had to kind of stay there and watch to yeah. maintain the position they wanted to be in for the next musical act. Also, Charlesburg summed it up great. I'm so shocked that a crowd of non-wrestling fans didn't care about wrestling. Yeah, like, wow, it was uh, deadly silent. Uh, but hey-ho, you had Gable versus Dawkins. It was a fun little fast match. It was quite good, I thought. And then Dawkins won. Cool. It also doesn't help that I don't think this match gets a big reaction, even if they're in front of regular fans. No. Like, I haven't disliked what's gone on between Alpha Academy and the Street Profits, but, like, who cares? Who's super invested in this feud? Mm-hmm. If it were me, you put the most recognizable faces possible on this show. The ones that all these people that maybe they watched wrestling when they were a kid. So like, oh, there's Rey Mysterio. I I remember him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember that. Like put a Rey Mysterio match on here. Have Rey Mysterio face one of the Usos here. And I get you can't do that because the Usos have to be involved with the Roman Reigns stuff. But just book a different card. Like, you know, you can you can change it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, ho. Uh, and then we got Bianca Belair versus Carmella for the SmackDown Women's Championship for some reason. Um, this is, uh, as the, the joke that I made in the editor review, day 272 of me politely requesting for them to never do the Mella go round again. It's the worst <laughs> move in professional wrestling. I hate it so much. So much, Tempest. It's It's just bad. And on all fronts, it makes the opponent look bad. It makes them look bad. It's one of those moves that just completely takes me out, takes me out of a match and just go, it's done though, isn't it? Ugh. Winds me up. Bloody melic around. Bianca Belair won clean, by the way, because of course she did. Why is it going to be different from last week? Yeah. And again, yeah. the crowd did not care. Yeah. I had less of a problem with this uh, match being in front of the crowd because like Bianca Belair is a very charismatic person and it's just likable and everything, you know, like I feel like of the people they put in front, like the street profits work 
and Bianca Belair work because they've got mm-hmm. a lot of charisma. I don't think putting Otis and Chad Gable out there who don't have like a ton of charisma in their current role, like they're fine, but they're not like going to speak to an audience of non-wrestling fans. And I kind of feel the same way about Carmella where, mm-hmm. yeah, like, why do I, why do I care? It's just, you know, just people doing stuff, but like Bianca Belair, like she walked down the ramp and it's like, I would cheer for you if I didn't know who you were. You seem mm-hmm. cheerful and, and charismatic and nice. So I, mean, that, yeah, I don't that know. Cr- that crowd didn't. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I can't fault them for trying this one, but mm. stop doing rematches, please. I still have to watch yeah. the TV show. God. Yeah. And once again, yeah. once again, the crowd goes mild. But it's okay, Tempest. <laughs> Do you know why it's okay? Because we go back to the new best thing on SmackDown. My God. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to explain everything that happened in this promo from start to end, and then we're going to talk about it. All right. <clears throat> so. Tegan and Shotzi, or Shotzi and Knox, or whatever the hell they're called now, are backstage trying to fix their tank because it's not firing. The thing isn't firing out the tank. And Kevin Owens is there. He goes, mm, I don't know. The only thing I know is just to hit that bit with a hammer. Sorry. Walks away. And I was like, that was an odd interaction, but let's go with it. As he just walks away, my man Baron Corbin finds Kevin Owens and he says, Hey, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for last week. I shouldn't have insulted you or your clothing. It's a bad habit. And I was like, okay. Self-reflection from Corbin. Maybe they're going to do the face turn, but I'm waiting for the time when he's just going to turn it and he's still going to be a dick, right? Kevin Owens is like, yeah, it is a bad habit. It's a bad habit you've had for like eight years. You really can't be surprised that people aren't feeling sorry for you when you've just been a jerk to everyone for like, since you've been here for like eight years. And he's like, and this is where I expected Corbin to turn and be like, no, you're 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 wrong or whatever. No. But this was he just said, Yeah, man, I'm really sorry. Can you help me out? Like, and he's just being very introspective, very like self-reflective and great. And Owens, being the lovely guy that Owens is, he gives Corbin some money, takes out his wallet, gives him a bunch of money. He's like, here, just Take care of yourself and maybe don't be a junk to people so much. And Corbin's like, yeah, thank you, man. Kevin Owens walks off and then Tegan and Shotzi finally get the tank to work. They fire it straight into Corbin's dick, uh, which was great. Corbin falls to the floor, clutching his penis. And then Ziggler and Rude, being the high school bullies that they, that they are, come in, take the money off of Corbin and then go to, like, run away before Owens comes back in with a chair and scares them away. He's like, hey, get away from him, and, like, bat bat them away kind of thing with a chair. They're turning Baron Corbin babyface. They're turning him babyface, Tempest. And they're doing a good job with it, too. They're doing a really good job of it. (laughs) What the hell's going on? Yeah, this has been, like, a really weird turn at the same time because, like, he was just kind of being a baby face, but they wanted you to boo him. And then last week he came out and did a heel shtick that we really liked that we thought yeah. worked. And that was just going to be his new character. And now he's going back to just being like, yeah, I'm sorry. I was, I was a terrible mm-hmm. person for all those years. I don't know. Some of some, something about it, something about a baby face and a heel just being like, stop being a heel. People will like you if you stop being a heel. And he's like, you know what? You're right. Yeah, it's working. 
it's such a gen- little genuine moment. This guy was down on his luck, just being told like, "No one liked you because you were mean. Stop being yeah. mean, and people will like you." And he's like, "Oh crap! I didn't think of that." <laughs> great advice oh my god <laughs> yeah i don't know i wasn't expecting to like this whole storyline as much as i do but mm-hmm. but it's great though and yeah. this for me this is i think this is going to lead to a kevin owens baron corbin tag team and if you'd have told me that even like two weeks ago i'd have been like get out that sounds like a terrible idea but now though I think there's potential in that. I think it's the it's the weird kind of odd couple tag team that can just flourish from out of nowhere. Where randomly you get two people like RK Bro, you'll just get two people that somehow just work together. They shouldn't work together, but somehow they just do. And with Corbin's new character, Kevin Owens being the very believable, he's just a nice guy who wants to help Corbin not be a dick so much. It's a, it's a believable thing. It's a I'm invested in this whole thing. And just on a on another note as well, excluding the whole story of Corbin's face turn, just looking at this segment in a bubble, this was a really good segment. This yeah. was like, they had competent storytelling. The whole Tegan and Shotzi thing, they set that up at the start of the segment and then paid it off afterwards. It's Chekhov's gun. It's basic storytelling. It's competent. Oh my God, Tempest. It's competent storytelling. Whoo, boy. This made me quite happy because it's a good story it's a good segment it progresses it it's just this was great i'm all in yeah i mean how many times have we seen just a random random throwaway interaction at the beginning of a of a backstage segment me me nothing right never never at like last week i think it was when bianca was walking around backstage and and bobby Roode and dolph ziggler are like do you have a sister or something like that like <laughs> yes meant nothing at Nada. all here every single interaction that happened with each of the people involved meant something yeah everything exactly. had consequences good job wwe exactly. you, you did a good uh, just to uh, to clarify, by the way, because I, I realize I mention it a lot and I don't actually explain it. Hector Rodriguez asks, what is Chekhov's gun? Chekhov's gun is a, is a, a, a literary technique, basically saying that if you're going to include something in a story, if you're going to include a detail in a story, there needs to be a reason for it to be there. Don't include stuff if there's not a purpose to it, which is what we we're just talking about. The reason they had Tegan and Shotzi there was for the payoff of shooting Corbin in the dick. Whereas if it was just they were there and then Kevin Owens talked to them and then they walked off, that's a bad story because you've included stuff that has no purpose in the story. So don't bother including it. So yeah, it's, it's that, that's what Chekhov's gun is. Um, anywho, after that, we then got edge coming out to the ring who cut the promo that I think all of us expected him to cut, which is I should be standing here as universal champion right now. He's got a point. He's got an argument there. And then Seth Rollins came out and I thought this is genuinely one of the best promos that Seth Rollins has ever done. Like, I thought this was absolutely wonderful stuff from Seth. Just the ability he has to switch from goofy to serious to goofy at the drop of a hat and just be like, oh man, him coming out and just saying every point he has, doing his really stupid, annoying laugh, which is amazing, gets such good heel heat from me. Um, And then being able to to switch it and just be like, this goes back to 2014. When I, I had my boot on your neck and I hesitated and then the crowd starts chanting and he waits and he pauses and he soaks in the crowd. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's working them perfectly. 
waits for them to die down, comes back in again, and then says, next time, I won't hesitate because I will be so you've been a scumbag to me since you've come back to WWE and I will be I'll be glad to crush your dreams. And I was like, this is really good. This is awesome. This is another thing that I'm really invested in. This is great. This made me really excited to see their match. What more can you ask? Yeah, I also, mean, also they brawled. There you go. They did. They did. Uh for so long, the only highlight on SmackDown has been whatever Roman Reigns segment has has been, you know, mm-hmm. like that's that's the thing that we look forward to. And then everything else is kind of a retread of stuff that's gone on the week before and whatever. Now we've got multiple things to look forward to on this show. And that makes this show decidedly more interesting. Mm-hmm. I uh, the the laugh kind of comes and goes with me like sometimes i'm just like oh yeah good heel heat and then i'm just like okay you've been doing it for two minutes let's 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 pick up the pace here but there was one line in this promo that i absolutely loved and it was seth rollins saying you have been such a scumbag to me because it's like you absolute dickhead like how can you possibly believe that and that's what you want out of a heel you want him to believe what he is saying even if Mm -hmm. what he's saying is just like Edge hasn't done anything to him. Yeah. He just happened he, to come he ju- back. He, he got the title the line. shot. He jumped oh, the line, he... Tempest, in front of yeah. Seth, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, like, Seth has, Seth has a reason to be upset, but he's taking mm-hmm. it out on the guy that didn't directly wrong him. So mm-hmm. he's a heel. And, oh, I just, you need your bad guys to believe in what they say. And so often, like, we never believe what they're saying because the promos and the, uh, the you know character motivations and everything are so unbelievable. But this was something where I totally believe the point of view of everyone involved. I still want to see Edge win because he's the babyface and Seth Rollins is the heel and he's wrong. But in his own mind, he's right. And those mm-hmm. little details add so much to a storyline like this. Absolutely, yeah. And it's much better than having someone who's just like, I'm evil and I don't like anyone. It's like, that's not believable. Like, that's not something that people can get invested in. And, you know, this is talking about wrestling specifically, uh, specifically, because you can talk about other other media and stuff like that. You can have really over-the-top wacky villains and stuff like that. But specifically for wrestling, when you're looking at a person, it's very rare that you can just have, I hate everyone as a character and it'll work. This makes so much sense because it's a very noticeable, recognizable, relatable character motivation for Seth that he's kind of got wrong in his own head, but he believes he's totally right. So yeah, this works perfectly. I thought this was a wonderful segment. Really looking forward to the match. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Absolutely. The match is going to be so good. You know it's going to be so good. These two, oh, in like a a maybe second or third from the top match at SummerSlam. SummerSlam looks like it's going to be such a good show. Mm, oh my god yeah, we're getting sasha banks coming back soon probably maybe but like another huge match let's go mm-hmm. big pay-per-views uh, yeah. uh then we got the smackdown debut of tony storm uh against zelina vega really glad that zelina's got all those plans coming back to wwe <laughs> earn that money girl good for you Whew. Uh, Vega didn't get an entrance. Uh, Tony Storm came out and beat her in a couple minutes with the Storm 1. Not the Storm 0 anymore. The Storm 1, which is a much worse name. That's such a dumb name. Sure is. Call uh, it Storm's End or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, you that's know? fine. 
You can make storm, another storm. Storm, pun. storm negative one. Go down yeah. in scale. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> she, is it's she going to get a new finisher in a year and they're going to call it the storm two? Sure. I would, you know what? For continuity's sake, I hope so. <laughs> um, we'll get to the end of her career and she'll be on like storm 13. Yeah, like, oh, exactly. I need yeah, a yeah, new yeah. finisher. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Tony Storm looked all right. This was a fine match. She won a couple minutes. I like the finish. Oh. Yeah. You know, the, the Storm one is, it, it looks like a cool move. It's still. Oh, man. Sarah Jane Deegan, the eye of the storm. It's a good name. Yeah. Do that. Oh, God. Wrong one. Yep. Sorry. I'm pressing yep. a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's very similar to her Storm Zero move or whatever she mm-hmm. was using in NXT right before she was called up. But instead of it being like a driver or a DDT looking thing, it's more of a cutter now. It's, it's, a like, cutter. it's good. Yeah, it's yeah. good. I like it. Um, yeah. Sorry, Zelina. I don't feel bad for you. Nope. And I I thoroughly enjoyed. I know it's probably very in character for Zelina Vega, her Twitter response to people being like, hey, Zelina Vega kind of has been buried and hasn't won a match since her WWE return. And she's like, hey, I've not been buried. I'm still getting paid loads. It's like, that's not the criticism that people are talking about, but that's okay. You keep doing you, Zelina. You keep holding up that character. I I would fully believe that's how she feels. Yeah. And that's totally and it, fine. Yeah, and that it's a business. Earn your money. Yeah. Absolutely. By all means, own your money. But when we people complain about your booking, th- that's not an argument against your booking. Your booking is still bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. By all means, own that money. But that character's booking is not good. No. Um, anyway. After that, we got um, a recap of the Mysterious and Usos from Money in the Bank. And then we got Jimmy Uso versus Dominic. Wasn't 100% sure why this match was happening, but you know. We need to keep cool. going, Pete. Um, <laughs> this is how a tag feud goes. Uh, yeah, it's true. We need every hot... combination of these four guys before we get to the tag match again. Of course. Again. Uh, hot start from Dominic. Jimmy won in exactly the same way with a roll-up. With Jay's assistance. A super kick that missed by like two feet. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. Um, I mean, it was fine. It just didn't progress anything from Money in the Bank. We're in exactly the same spot as we were before. So. Yeah. Okay. I'm kind of done with this feud, to be honest. Same. Like, Big same. Like, it feels like we've reached the end. And that's fine. It's like the Edge and Roman Reigns thing. Like the Mysterios were kept around to be Edge's backup for that feud. And now that feud is over, but they're still feuding with the, with the Usos. It was just kind of mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay, I get it. There's not many tag teams on SmackDown to go for the tag titles at SummerSlam, but it's like I've seen it. I've seen it like two or three times at this point. I'm just kind of, mm-hmm. I'm over it. It'll probably still be another good match, but yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Um, but then after their win, Roman Reigns comes out. Um, and this is... I understand, and I'm going to preface this now. I know this is a nitpick, but you know how all the time me and Tempest always talk about, hey, this was a good show, but there were so many little negative ones that just kind of take it down a peg time after time after time. This was one of those negative ones for me, and I just really wanted to point it out because the production on this entrance really wound me up because the <laughs> the the thing you want is the shot of the three of them holding the titles up, right? 
That's the thing you want. You want Roma to come out. You want the three of them standing side by side with Paul Heyman behind them. Hey, look, the bloodlines all combined again. We're the coolest, right? So Roman Reigns' music hits. They cut to the crowd. All right. You can see some people being like, hey, we're on screen. It's like that doesn't help anything or anyone. Why are you showing that? Sure. Okay. And then it cuts and you hear the crowd going nuts. And we're still looking at the crowd. And you hear the crowd reacting for Roman coming out. And the crowd are going nuts and we're still looking at the crowd. And then eventually it will cut to Roman, like a close-up shot of Roman as he walks out. And people are like, yeah. And then it cuts back to the crowd again. It's like, I still haven't seen the bloodline together, which is the point of him coming out right now. Still haven't seen it yet. That's totally fine. Cut back to the crowd again. Cut back to Roman. Still a close-up shot. Zooms out a little bit so you can see Roman and one Uso. Cuts back to the crowd again. I'm like, just show me the shot of the three of them. It's not hard. And just keep it on them posing with the title because that's the cool thing that you want to see. And then it cuts to the crowd again. Cuts back to Roman. Zooms back into a close-up shot of Roman. And I'm like, guys, I think I'm going insane. Just show me the thing. And then they do the thing where they hold up their titles and they do a, a zoomed-out shot. You can see all four of them. It's what you want. It's the one shot. And then it cuts to the crowd again. It's like, just hold that shot. That's the shot that you want. Oh, it just, it just wound me up. Just that little bit. Oh, man, it's it's just annoying because they're so good at production sometimes and sometimes they're just terrible. Kevin, Kevin Dunn, brother. Yeah, man. Kevin Same Dunn. Man. Oh, and, Lord. And and the thing that annoyed me is when they, whenever they cut to the crowd as well, they were just showing people that were like standing there. It's not even people that like had cool signs or people that were like cheering or booing or anything like that. It was people just like. Like, it's like I can... why are you showing me that? I can at least understand the concept of cutting between moves and punches. Because in WWE, they teach right. you to work a, a more lax style sure. than in stuff like New Japan. Like You don't need to cut in between a Tomohiro Ishii forearm shot <laughs> because he's really hitting you. Yeah. He's doing it well because he's a professional. It doesn't hurt, but he's doing it. It's going to make a loud sound mm -hmm. but in wwe they don't train you to do it that way where it's a lot more lax it's a lot more i don't want to say staged but you know what i mean so i at least understand the idea of let's cut between the shots so that you don't see that it's fake mm -hmm. why do you need to do it during an entrance i don't know this also before we get on to the main event there's a lot of people watching this uh this show and we really appreciate that almost 1100 people over 1100 people watching this show so if you could all <laughs> drop a big thumbs up on this video it'd really help us out it'd really help with algorithms and just helping mm -hmm. the channel in general so if you could have a thumbs yeah. up party down there we would really be appreciated and also just very quickly as well, we are super duper close to 50,000 subscribers. So if you're not subscribed, then you're checking this out for like the first time or whatever. Or maybe you're a regular viewer who just hasn't hit the subscribe button yet. You should do that because then you can get notified for future videos. And that's great. And once we get to 50K, we're going to be doing a whole live stream. And we're going to watch back to back. I think it's four WrestleManias, 13, yep. 14, 15, 16, and 17. Uh, I think it's 14, 15, 16, 17. 14, 15, 16, 17. WrestleMania is 14 through 17. Going to be watching all of them back to back on a big old live stream. It's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, that's when we hit 50K, which we're super duper close to. So subscribe as well. Anywho, Roman Reigns uh, comes out, does a little promo. So this is where a lot of people were like, 
Roman Reigns has improved so much on the mic. And I agree, because we've already seen it through this past year that his charisma's been on another level. Like, his presence has just been on another level as this tribal chief character. But then he, he comes out here, and he does a lot more of... It's very similar to the Roman Reigns of old. It, he's got the jokes. He's doing, he's just having a good time kind of thing. It's very, very similar to what Roman used to do. The difference is that this was actually good. <laughs> it's the difference. And the other difference is he's a heel now. Mm-hmm. When, he's, when he says it before, he's supposed to be like, hey, guys, I'm just having a good time. Cheer for me, suffering, having a good time. Suffering, suffering succotash. Uh, tater tots. Ha ha. Now yeah. it's like, Oh, I'm just having a good time. Boo! Boo! Yeah. We hate you, Roman! Boo! Apart from everyone laughing at yeah. one particular line, because oh, yeah. Roman Reigns compared John... He said that John Cena is just a nostalgia act. He comes out, and it's the same music, and it's the same promo. It's the same John Cena. It's like the missionary position, night after night after night, and everyone just started laughing in the crowd. It was Wild! A it was a great line! It's a great line. And also, that is a Paul Heyman line. That's that's a... a, Absolutely. Paul Heyman's fingerprints are all over that. Um, Yeah. And he says he rejects uh, Cena's challenge because he's a nostalgia act from 2005. And he just says, no, you're not worth my time. You're right. I can't see you because I don't want to see you. My answer is no. It was great. It was awesome. Um... And that's when Finn Balor came out. Either he's not wrong. Like the old the the change to the never give up Cena happened in like 2009, Mm -hmm. and I don't think he's really had like a character change since then. Nope. Like he's just been that character, and I mean it's worked for him. He's obviously getting cheered now, but again, I want my heels to believe what they're saying. And when you can have, you don't want the heels to be like a hundred percent true because mm-hmm. you're still supposed to boo them. You're not supposed to cheer them, but you need, you need at least a, a nugget of truth in what they're mm-hmm. saying for them to really believe it. And we saw that in the Seth Rollins promo and we're seeing that here. This is, this is good stuff. Good stuff. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And then that's when Finn Balor comes out, offers the challenge uh, crowd chants Roman scared at him, which I thought was great. Good job, Cleveland. It, I think it really added to the segment. And then, yeah, Roman says a uh, challenge accepted, which we're probably going to get on SmackDown next week or the week after. Cool. Mm-hmm. Great. Which you've already spoken about. So overall, uh, I would have given this sh- uh, show a four out of five. I thought it was really good. There were a couple of little bits that weren't quite, uh, quite great, like the the whole biggie weird six-man tag setup that didn't happen, and like the rolling loud stuff wasn't great. But there's a lot of stuff to get excited for on the show. The Baron Corbin stuff is great. The Bloodline stuff holding all the gold is great. The uh, Roman Reigns stuff is great. The uh, Seth Edge stuff is great. So like, there's a lot of stuff to get excited for on SmackDown. It's quite nice. So yeah, four out of five show. Yeah, I agree. This is a four out of five show. I really liked it. You know, again, if it had like the one masterpiece home run segment that I'll remember for years and years or a match or anything, this would have been like a five out of five SmackDown. This was like really good. It was just that weird setup to the biggie six man tag that didn't happen on TV. I didn't like that, like really at all. But everything else on the show, I was at least at least okay with and a lot of the times loving. So it gives me a lot of confidence as we head towards SummerSlam. 
100%, yeah. Uh, just real quick, before we get into uh, the rest of the Ultra Chats and the Patreon shouts that we got to do, I was watching a video, and I know you'll appreciate this, Temp- appreciate this Tempest. Uh, I was watching a video from the Cosmonaut Variety Hour the other day. Hell yeah. Because I love that channel. Very funny. Um, and he was talking about a, a movie called Bright. Uh, it's a Netflix movie that came out ages ago. Um, and he, he was talking about, like, what he didn't like about the movie. And I was like, wow, this is like me talking about WWE. This is so similar. I'm going to read out a quote from this. And I will say this doesn't really apply to this show that we've just reviewed because this show is actually pretty good. But a lot of the time people have just said, oh, my God, you guys are just so nitpicky. Like you guys just focus on the negatives. Why do you keep doing that? Here's here's the thing that this sums it up probably better than I ever could. Right. Granted, this quote, he's talking about a movie. So he references a movie quite a lot. Right. Just replace that with WWE. Right. So he says, I've talked before about how nitpicks don't really kill a movie. But in this case, there's so many nitpicks that it kind of makes the movie fall apart. Plus, the characters aren't interesting or relatable. There's no coherent plot. And the whole movie is just things happening without explanation. And this is why critics hate the movie and normal people like it. It's fun and it's enjoyable to watch in the moment. But if you actually sit and think about what you're looking at, you're probably going to get frustrated. Boy, if that isn't WWE. <laughs> right? And that I was Ooh. like... Holy Jesus, that's me. <laughs> and that's what we do. And a lot a lot of the times, people actually just say, well, just stop thinking about it. Just turn your brain off and just enjoy the show. I'm like, I can't. We're reviewing a show. We've, we've got to view it through that lens. That's what we do. You know? But hey-ho. That's what it is. Before we get into the rest of your ultra chats here, uh, we'd have to say, we have to say, yeah, I know. Uh, We have to say thank you to some very special people. And those are our $25 and above pledge hammers over on Patreon. If you've not been over to Patreon yet, you really should. There's loads of cool stuff over there. Uh, We've got a post up right now for all Patreon backers because it's almost time for the Wrestle League music video punishment for one Ollie Davis because he uh, lost the last season of Wrestle League or technically it was me, but then we had a match over it and then he lost. So (laughs) it's Ollie doing the punishment. Um, So yeah, so it's going to be uploading that just before SummerSlam, but we need to know what song that he's going to be doing. So right now on our Patreon page, you can go give your suggestions at any tier, $5 or above. Get your uh, suggestions in for what song Ollie should do. We're going to take the two best suggestions. We're going to do a poll on our community tab early next week. And whatever gets the most votes, Ollie's going to do. So please give him some really embarrassing stuff on our Patreon page. That would be amazing. Also, uh, if you pledge at the $25 or above tier, you get your own custom wrestling nickname and it gets read out on a show much like this one. So thank you very much to Michael Misselayan McKees. Woo! Woo! Thank you very much. The Snapdragon King, Ryu Odante. Woo! Thank you very much. Uh, I just realized that I need to actually, I've updated things on the Discord, so I need to go over there. And always shining, Garrett Albright. Woo! Thank you very much. The easiest name to pronounce, Josh Rosowskis. very much. Le Chef de la Tribu, Links the Sun. Woo! Thank Woo. you very much. That's the tribal chief, but in French. Ooh, very nice. I know. Vincent Vega Garcia. Woo! Thank you very much. See, I wanted to do a different name for this one, but they specifically requested the stunning Wesley Potter. Yes. Thank you very much. 
I wanted to do a joke about Wesley's really close to Weasley and also Potter. So I wanted to do a thing with that, but that's okay. Patrons get that they can suggest their own names, which you know, it's fine. I'm sure. not sorry. Yeah, that's cool. His name is written on the Book of Kings, Eli Gudgy. Yeah, thank you very much. Wingsuit Simpleton's bestie, Stickman Fran. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. Daylight Robbery, Rob James. Yes. Thank you very much. He's a family guy, Jeff Griffin. Yes. Thank you. And Skyhawk V1. Yes. Thank you very much. All of our Patreon backers are pledge hammers over on Patreon. Uh, let's get into the rest of your Ultra Chats here. Uh, thank you so much, everyone that's been Ultra Chats again. We really do appreciate it. You guys mm-hmm. are the best. Uh, Charles Burr comes in to say, I quite like the idea of Cena not getting what he wants. He's returned to a place where he's where he's no longer the top guy, and it's a place where the new top guys pay no mind to him. I like the idea of Cena scratching and clawing to earn a match, only to still lose. I agree. I I will take you back very quickly. Uh, when Cena came back ahead of the 2017 Royal Rumble when he faced AJ Styles, I thought he was like turning heel almost because he came back and he was like, I'm challenging AJ Styles for a match for the WWE Championship at the Royal Rumble. Why can I do that? Because I'm John Cena. And he said it mm-hmm. just like that. And I was like, well, that's not a babyface thing to do. What the mm-hmm. heck? You know, and it never led to anything, obviously. It was just like, no, he's just got a match. I feel like we're kind of getting something similar here. Where he was like, well, I'm getting the next shot. And Roman's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Mm-hmm. And we'll get there, obviously. More stuff needs to happen. But I like that more details being put into it where he's just like, no, you don't get a shot. Screw yeah. you. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Hannah Allen uh, comes in to say, hello, Hannah. Uh, do you think John Cena is the never give up, equally sad friend no one asked for? It's like we get it. Love some positivity, but no one invited you to talk about stuff I'm actually into. Peacemaker interests me. Not so much John C. Hashtag LIW444 life. I don't quite get half of that chat, but you know, yeah. that's fine. It's okay. It's, Thanks, it's Australia time. Yeah, it's true. I was going to say, might, yeah, it's, it's, might be it's a, wine, a wine in Australia also, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, Hannah. Uh, Keep stealing those Peacemaker outfits, John. Yeah. Uh, Chris Field says, uh, why are they burying Selena Vega? And why would she agree to come back? Why can't professional wrestling promote good women's matches? Yes, we've all been saying that, but damn, any promotion could pull it off. Money. Yep. Money, 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 money. And again, that's totally fine. Also, the reason they're burying Selena Vega is because she didn't, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? She didn't... Nope, I was going to say apply. That's not the word. Comply. Comply Uh, to their Twitch edict. And then she threatened to start unionization in wrestling. That's probably something they're not going to let go super duper quickly. Anyway, Hannah Allen's back again. Says, uh, Pat McAfee seems interesting to me. That's all this time. Lots of love. Stay awesome. You peeps rock. Vocal love and kisses. We make our family. Also, no matter. Let's pat it down. Feels ugly, lol. That's a wine ultra chat. That's a wino right there. <laughs> Thank you very much, Anna. You're the best. Um, yep. 
Eternal Blue says, story of the night, Mr. Corbin, here in Kansas City, his hometown was the only place he'd ever get a pop, but I enjoyed him on NXT, Mrs. Old NXT theme every day. His finisher was one of the best in the company. Glad to maybe have a reason to cheer? Yeah. yeah. It's cool to be able For to sure. cheer Corbin. Never thought it would happen. Yeah, it's Very nice. different. Wasn't expecting it at all. Mm. Fox Warrior 88 says, thought this SmackDown overall was kind of similar to this week's Raw. Good stuff in the beginning, good stuff at the end, while the middle was a bit of a mixed bag. Also, any thoughts on the New Year's Day pay-per-view WWE announced yesterday? I have no Boo. thoughts on that. Yeah, I have no thoughts on that, apart from why everyone's going to be hungover. Boo. Don't want to yeah. work on the New Year's Day. Get yeah. out of here. Why? Yeah. You haven't yeah. done a pay-per-view on New Year's since like 2007. No need yeah. for this. Blah. Yeah. Ah, well. Lame. Um, 69 Intangible Sadie Deegan. Hello. Says, hello, beautiful boys. Uh, did y'all know out of the four female Money in the Bank winners, three of them cashed in on Charlotte? Yes, I did know that. Ain't that yep. fun? Also, Roman should stop doing promos. I can't focus on his words when he's looking so damn fine. Hashtag Tempest too cool. Hashtag President Pete. I agree. He's an attractive man. Um, Very, and yeah. yes, people love cashing in on Charlotte. Uh, I reckon that's partially because WWE wants to have Charlotte get loads of title wins so she can get to Ric Flair's title record and how they're going to do that if she doesn't lose all the time. And yep. also because I think in their mind, WWE will go, well, people are going to get the rub. They're pinning Charlotte. You know, that's, that's a big deal. Getting the rub off Charlotte. And that's not the case because it's money in the bank cashing, but you know, not the point. Yeah, whatever. I mean, yeah, I, I would love to, to break down like of uh, Charlotte's title reigns. How many of them are like less than three weeks? Yes, probably a lot of them, especially in that like Sasha Banks feud era. God, yeah, that was mm -hmm. back and forth all the time. Goodness me. Mm -hmm. Travis Griffin says, to be fair about the name change, I agree it needed it, but it's kind of dumb. And you both should understand, considering how dumb the NXT names that get changed. Tegan and Shotzi, for example. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what this is in reference to. Maybe Shotzi the Storm Zero thing. The st oh, that's right. Yeah, the Storm Storm One, I think. Mm -hmm. Storm Zero is better. Keep that. Hey-ho. I understand yeah. the idea behind it. I understand they want to be like, well, she's evolving into a new form of Tony Storm, so now it's a Storm 1 rather than the Storm Zero. I understand the idea behind it. I just think it doesn't work because Storm 1 is a bad name. So, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. that. Um, Perseus M says, uh, Broke Corbin is the reverse JBL. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah, just get a new push and you lose your money. That'd be amazing. Um, yeah. Jonathan Hedman says, "Random question: Do you think Vince will feel? Uh, how do you think Vince will feel about the what chance? Uh, like, do you think Vince will feel about the what chance like we do about the what chance? Uh, also, Pete should totally shave the chin and go Omega. New Cena look by Summerfest. I'm not going to shave my chin. No. Uh, and also, I think Vince loves the what chance because the crowd's making noise." And if you lose, we will ban you from the Summerfest. We'll be banned from SummerSlam, is what you're saying. <laughs> God, those guest hosts were all were terrible. Oh, they were bad, weren't they? Uh, Christopher Hamilton Sr. says, Don't worry, Pete, you're still the jam that champion's damn right. You're still on top. You're still head of the table. Tempest, you rock, brother. I have my merch, LIW for life. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, buy much. our merch. We haven't really plugged the LIW shirt in a while, but go to WrestleShop.com. Get your LIW merch. We are matching today. We're so coordinated. We definitely We're... did this on purpose. And we didn't even talk about it beforehand. Uh, Jaden McNally says, love you, Chopper. Love you, Tempest. I have diarrhea. Sorry to hear that, buddy. 
Thanks for the ultra chat. Thanks I, for the money. I appreciate two of those three sta- statements. All right, I got a few emails here, Tempest. Now that we've you know, gone to the correct uh, portion of the uh, the inbox. Thank you, Luke, um, for that. Um, so we've got one here from Finn. It says, hi, Chopper and Tempest. I've got a funny thing to share, which is wrestling related. I wasn't sure which show to send it to, but I guess this means I'm team intangibles. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I was walking around my town the other day, and there was a poster for a circus stunt show that's coming soon. I looked closer and saw that it said American Wrestling Stars or something, and plain as day was a WWE photo of Rey Mysterio. I was dumbfounded. Cut to earlier today, and I came across another one, which I've attached. I guess we know uh, where these guys ended up after their releases. Thank you for your time, Finn. And it's 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 I haven't downloaded it in advance because I'm a bit uh, disorganized today. But it's just a little poster that has like big Daredevil Circus across it, and it says, "Don't miss Spider-Man and the Daredevil Wrestlers." And it's got a picture from like the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. Like a still from that, and it's got a wrestling room with Kalisto and Sin Cara in it. Interesting. Uh, mm, 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 yeah, um, looks like a, a big old plate of false advertising. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, that's mm. Spider Man doesn't even ha- doesn't even have a hyphen in it. It's just one word. Oh no! It's it's, it's Spiderman is what it is. It's not even Spider Man. <laughs> See, when he started this this story, I thought it was going to be like, and then there was Mason Ryan on the poster, you know, because he mm. does like Cirque du Soleil and stuff right, like yeah. that. Yeah. And it's this thing where I think a decent amount of it's like one of those running internet wrestling jokes, like it works its way into like list videos a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, and Mason Ryan does Cirque du Soleil. What? Yeah. But okay, just a crazy. I don't know what town this person's in. But it's some town that definitely condones condones false advertisement of uh, pro wrestlers. Goodness me, that's insane. Uh, we've got another email here. Uh, by the way, if you want to send in your emails, uh, support at wrestletalk.com is the place to do it. Uh, and we also want to know what you put on your pizza, because this is very, very important. For yeah. science, we need to know what you have in your pizza. Go on here from Ethan about pizza. It's just called Smackdown Pizza is the subject of the the email. Perfect. To the point. I like it. Good morning, LIW champions. That's us. Uh, After my last email, my family and I have been doing homemade pizza, and I think I've made something special. I make a homemade dough with some herbs like thyme and oregano, and I'm going to... Oregano annoys me because that's how you're supposed to say it, and I hate the fact that North Americans call it oregano. This is wrong. It's oregano. It's how, it's how you say it. Anyway, um, like thyme and oregano in it, uh, and put a garlic butter over the top for a nice glaze. Uh, cook up with some beef with a little smoked paprika to place on top of onion, bacon, capsicum. Sprinkle some mozzarella over the top, and then a splash of American cheese sauce. I plan to create more, and any good ones, I'll let you know. Regards, Ethan. That sounds delightful. That does sound quite nice. I'm not, I've never been a huge fan of onion on pizza. That's just me. Like onion, Mm. I like it on some things like burgers and hot dogs and that sort of thing. That's really good. Not a big fan of it on pizza, but like everything else in that combo sounds like a very, very good choice. 
Mm, yeah. See, I'm personally, I'm a big fan of onion. I just, mm. I just like fri- fried onion as a flavor. I'm like, yeah, great. Sign me up. Uh, I have fried onions in a lot of stuff I make. So I do like homemade pasta sauces and stuff like that. And onion is like, I'll put in probably arguably too much onion uh, in mm-hmm. my, in my pasta sauces. Cause I bloody love it. Um, I know I also do stuff when I have like, I sometimes do like garlic eggs and I'll put onion in that as well, because it just, I just really like onion. So this pizza speaks to me on a spiritual level. And I really, <laughs> I really like the sound of it, Ethan. Um, big fan of beef and paprika as well. Garlic butter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Big thumbs up from me. So yeah. And it's, and it's homemade. So you know that mm. the secret ingredient is love. Of course. That's that's always the deciding factor on anything that's homemade. That's a strong contender from Ethan. So we're going to need people's emails in to see if they can beat that, because that is a strong contender from Ethan for a very, very good pizza. He's the SmackDown podcast pizza champion. Yes. Yes. Let's Put do that. Put that in yeah. your Twitter bio. <laughs> <laughs> Winner stays on for that. Uh, we got another one here from Juan. Juan Gabriel specifically that says, hello, boys. Uh, I hope all is well with y'all. I apologize for not sending in emails. I recently broke up with my girlfriend of a year and a half. I've also been working more. However, that hasn't stopped me from enjoying your content. Well, I'm sorry to hear about the uh, the breakup. I uh, hope you're doing okay. Uh, he says, question, have y'all seen Black Widow? If you haven't, you should definitely check it out. I saw it twice in one week. It's a nine out of 10 for me and my closest bro. Also, y'all are great for quoting dodgeball. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood um love you guys <laughs> love you guys like always liw444 life your email chief and head of the emails juan gabriel thank you very much juan uh, i haven't seen black widow personally um i don't even have disney plus which wow. is wild i know wild i also have not seen black widow um it's it's my mate's birthday tomorrow and mm-hmm. we were planning to do something today and Part of that plan was to go and see a movie. That part of the plan has fallen apart just because of timing and and everything and mm-hmm. wanting to be able to hang out and not have like two thirds of that time taken up by going to a movie theater and everything. We just kind of want to hang out a little bit. Yeah, I will get around to seeing it. I've seen every Marvel movie in a movie theater, uh, except for The Incredible mm. Hulk. That's the one that I missed. I didn't watch The Incredible Hulk because I was 11 and did not care. What a shame that you missed The Incredible Hulk. What a great movie. I like that movie. You're, the, you're in I, the minority, son. I am aware. I am the biggest defender of The Incredible Hulk movie <laughs> that exists. And I am, I'm fully aware of this. It's, but as I, I said with, with a friend recently, because someone tweeted some nonsense about Incredible Hulk is like a top-tier Marvel movie. And I was like, all no, right, hang on. Hang on. Off. No, it's <laughs> Like no, it's not. It's it's I'm a it's a. It, in my opinion, it is a high bottom tier Marvel movie. <laughs> I don't know what that means. What's, but when what's you, worse than it? What's worse than it in the MCU? Thor two is Thor two is pretty bad. Yeah, it's I'll give bad. you that. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I maybe Thor one. That movie's really boring. Okay. Um, okay. You're a defender Iron of the Man Incredible Two. Hulk. You're a defender of the Incredible Hulk movie. I'm a defender of the first Thor movie. Mm. I will. I will defend that movie. I will. I will agree. It's not great, but it's not as bad as people say it is. That's fair. Go. Iron Man Two is mm-hmm. quite bad. I'd it's probably bad. say about those those three 
depending mm-hmm. on the, I'm not, I'm still not a big fan of Iron Man three. Like, and me not, because, not yeah. because of the Mandarin bit, nope. like that doesn't really bother me, but there are just parts in that movie where it's like, he's got a hundred Iron Man suits in his basement and he puts on the one that he hasn't finished to fight. And then he's like, <laughs> Oh, the, the attack systems are, are down. They're not complete yet. It's like, well, put on another fucking suit, idiot. <laughs> Gonna have have to censor that swear out. Cheers, Tempest. Uh, I get really worked up about Marvel. I I, I hated the bit when he's just like, hey, Mandarin, here's my address. And then he goes home and then does nothing. And he's like, and then they come in with missiles and they blow up his house. What were you expecting? And then, like, and Pepper Potts and the other lass, whatever her name is, want to leave. And he's like, no, 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 you need to stay here. It's like, you're putting them in danger. What are you doing, man? Oh, you moron. That movie's dumb. Anyway, we're going to have to go because we need to go live for this show. Uh, but thank you very much, everyone. If you've got your more MCU hot takes, email those in as well. Why not? We just have loads of different segments going on at the same time. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, that's going to be it for this episode. Stay tuned for loads more content coming soon. Obviously, we're gearing up for SummerSlam soon. That'll be fun. Uh, and obviously, fans are back. So, you know, bit of life injected into the shows. Uh, that's going to be it from us. Thank you very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Take care. Stay safe. We love you very much. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.